News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. COVID pandemic may be over, but cancer patients and their families will be counting the cost of Ireland's long lockdowns for years to come. That was the stark warning from former HSE boss Tony O'Brien in the Business Post yesterday. Uh, and Professor Seamus O'Reilly, consultant medical oncologist in Cork University Hospital, joins us now. Good morning to you, Seamus. Uh, is Tony O'Brien right? Yes. So um, I think that he, the, the point in his article relate to the fact that our health service uh, focused on uh, appropriately focused on uh, on a, a global pandemic, and um, as a result, we saw a ten percent to thirteen percent drop in in the number of new cancer registrations in Ireland during the first year of the pandemic, and our screening programs also stopped yeah. as well. Well, breast cancer, cervix cancer stopped and then restarted, and then had a catch up strategy. Um, so they were really exemplars in terms of 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 uh, of dealing with the pandemic. Um, but but in, for, for for the other aspects, um, we have uh, delays uh, in in presentations for patients and patients uh, um, staying at home and and being scared to attend for. So uh, so people stayed at home because they were afraid. We also cancelled appointments. We stopped screening and indeed certain diagnostics, things like endoscopies that were quite invasive, uh, yes. things like that were were, were cancelled. Too. I know you were saying that we rightly concentrated on the pandemic, but was our was our focus a little skewed? Did we focus on it to the exclusion of everything else too much? Do you think? I felt at the I felt at the beginning that that um, there was a huge focus on on it just in just from talking in the trenches and that uh, that but people were scared at the time because the data was coming through, for instance, from Italy where there was. Uh, large uh, numbers of deaths. So I think that there was genuine fear and uncertainty when things started. Our accident and emergency department was empty completely, which I've never seen in my yeah. career because people were scared. And, uh, I, and I Seamus, you're quite right. The mortality data coming out of places like Bergamo was 5 and 6% mortality, but we very quickly realised it was much, much lower than than, than that. And I, yes. I actually remember when we went into second uh, the second lockdown and I had I had a Twitter account at the time. I remember I, I said I was concerned that we were literally going to be saving one set of lives at an expense of the other set of lives because of things like this. I, I, I started to think we were locked down for too long and it was going to cause these problems, which it, which it has. And I was eviscerated. I was I was called a fascist. I was insulted from a, a height by having the temerity to suggest that we might need to look at getting some kind of balance and perspective on all of this. It, it wasn't completely uh, sort of um, some, something that, that, that no one thought about. Lots of people were having this debate about yes. what we should be doing. So I, I think, and, and, and also the, the pandemic fluctuated and in January of 2021, our health service nearly collapsed because of the pandemic. Um, in terms of the number of people in hospital and the demands on our health service. So it was a the very me- The Meaningful thing. Christmas, the January Post, The Meaningful Christmas. Yes. I mean, that was the most difficult time of the pandemic, certainly for that I, that I felt, um, where we were running out of uh, in nurses in our intensive care units and uh, where we were really challenged uh, in terms of being able to deliver uh, safe uh, care in our hospitals. But I think the, the other aspect of it is that it was tremendous learning from the pandemic. You know, we had a, sen- a unity of purpose in healthcare, which I which is rare. And when it was there, it was hugely effective in terms of, of delivering care. We could also see that there was easier transformation of care as well. 
Um, this is a very hard question for you, Seamus, but potentially because of this delayed diagnosis and, and we know that where you present in terms of your cancer affects your sur- your survival rate. So if, yes. you, if you present at stage one of a, of a cancer, you, you'll be much more likely to survive than if you present at stage four, uh, depending on the cancers. And we, we know all of that. This influx of delayed diagnoses, there will be lives lost to it. Will we ever know? Did we actually save any lives in the pandemic? As in, will we potentially could we lose more lives through what we did than through than than those we saved? Will we ever know those those figures and facts? I think that that's probably data for the future because I think that the when you interrupt cancer services for six months, you increase mortality for a decade afterwards. So it will take time before okay. all of this pans out. I, I, the other thing about Tony O'Brien's article the, is the elephant in the room is staffing. So in 2019, we were short a million healthcare workers in Europe, 500,000 nurses. The World Health Organization predicts that by uh, 2030, we'll be short 18 million healthcare workers in, in our, in, in, in globally. And when, when people are, you know, for the person trying to make a, get an appointment for the GP for their child, or for someone trying to get radiotherapy in, in our hospitals, the rate limiting factor now is 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 not money. It's it's actually it's staff. people. Okay. It's staff, and um, and and that's only going to get worse. And you know, they, we talked about the January and the legacy of the Good Christmas, but our our services would have collapsed completely without yeah. healthcare workers from yeah. other countries. So, then, and and Seamus, you're on the front line, and obviously, I, I can hear in your voice your concern, particularly about your own area, the area of oncology. But in your view, what can or should be done to, I suppose, improve what we're seeing happening on the ground? So I think there's a couple of of points here. Um, there, and the Irish Cancer Society, in conjunction with the RCSI, published a paper in the Journal of Cancer Policy earlier this year about ways in which Irish healthcare, cancer care could be reimagined based on the learnings from COVID-19. Okay. And uh, it looked at infrastructure, it looked at staffing. I think the, the priority that I would look at now is staffing because um, that's our biggest issue in terms of delivering care in our hospitals. And I would almost think about a whole of government approach to healthcare staffing at the moment. Um, to put this in context, I work in a hospital with 4,000 people. There are 4,000 people, there are 500 vacancies today. And okay. so we can't. So more than ten percent of the staff are are those roles aren't filled. Yes, and that I think that's going to be the, okay. our biggest in terms of recovering from COVID. That's going to be our biggest issue is having people to deliver care. Look, thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. We do appreciate it. That is Professor Seamus O'Reilly, consultant, medical oncologist in Cork University Hospital. A fairly bleak assessment about what we did. And I know we say we did, you know, the nefit and, and we did well in terms of COVID. But if it is at the expense of other lives over the next decade, I wonder how well did we do? And, and I, 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 I'm not sure I feel we got it right at all. Uh, a text has come in and says a friend of mine was diagnosed with cancer and passed away during COVID and was told he could have been saved if not for the COVID delays in being diagnosed. He was 38. I'm extremely sorry to hear that. And do keep your WhatsApps coming in to us, particularly on this. I'd love to know what people think about this now with hindsight. 087 1400 News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. We Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.